Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build with us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are on part three of X number of things. We're in our long haul for the month of January, where we get to do a deep dive into a setting of our creation No prompts from you, the listeners. And so if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I would strongly recommend going back, listening to parts one and two with a a slight caveat that this is not a typical series for us, because if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll normally build worlds from you, our listeners. and. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go to our YouTube where you can click all the YouTube buttons that make the algorithm happy. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can also come and talk to us more directly on our Discord with a link for that in the description. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon and get access to all the sweet, sweet patron-only goodies that are available to you as patrons. But with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive right back into part three of The World Under the Veil of Reigns. Now, last we left off, we had just created some factions, introduced them into the world. And where we want to pick up today is, well, we have a world. We have all sorts of factions and we have potential all over the place, but not very much conflict. And thus, today we are introducing points of conflict, areas of conflict into the world that will hopefully expand it just a little bit more. So, Courtney, why don't you start us off today by telling us all about the conflict you're bringing to the world? Uh, So my conflict is that recently the leader of one of these juridic societies, clans, whatever we want to call them, uh, gave a gift to a leader of another group. But unfortunately, the recipient was deeply offended by the gift. And I wanted to leave it open so we can decide if it's something legitimately offensive or if it's just petty bullshit, uh, if it was an intentional slight or just an innocent mistake. And also figured we can build out another faction or two. Uh, We don't just have to stick to the ones we made last time. Yeah, of course. And this also strikes me as like a pretense for war as well, where it's just like, I'm Mm -hmm. going to pretend to be offended just so we can go to war over some kind of thing. Mm. But my question to you is, Courtney, like, why was the gift given to begin with? Um, that's a good question. I I think it would have been like a possibly a birthday gift or um, mm. like a celebrating the anniversary of this person's rise to leadership or mm. um, something along those lines. Like it wasn't out of the blue or it wasn't. Uh, like a peace treaty type thing. Yeah, no, it wasn't something like that. It was just mm. something you would normally get a gift for, basically. And um, okay. I think partly I was inspired because I've been watching The Great recently, the show about... Catherine. Yeah, it's like a yeah. very satirical, lighthearted take on her rise to power. And there's all this like petty bullshit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Could it be a gift of ascension? Like... um Maybe this leader was appointed and this is like a gift welcoming them into being a leader among other leaders. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're like they just were either voted in or just took the throne somehow. And this is their like mm-hmm. welcome to the party kind of gift. Like Trump sending a love note to uh, North Korea or Russia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly like that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking that. What I do find interesting is maybe that like what is what is the history behind that? And obviously the intention like we need to understand the intention there, right? Like or do you think that we should figure out if it was a intentional slight or not? And why do we have to figure that out now? Or do we have to kind of figure out what the implications and what the conflict thus has arisen thus far? Right. Because like, yes, that is a conflict. But like, how is it expressing itself throughout the world? Yeah, I think it would be like the relationship there has gotten extremely tense all of a sudden. And Mm, like mm. you said, it could be going on the verge of war. It could be interrupting trade routes. Um, It could lead to sort of 
groups forming, factions forming that hadn't formed before. Hmm. Okay. So this slight has caused an increase in tension amongst these two peoples. Mm-hmm. And as a result, something has changed. It would be an interesting wrinkle if um, the gift giver had good intentions, but was mm-hmm. counseled by someone who doesn't. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I like that. So, like, there's an intent behind the gift giver to cause some kind of strife for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I like sure. that. It could be like um, the gift was maybe if this is like a monarchy kind of society, like the gift was something that had led to the previous ruler's death or mm-hmm. um, I guess that even works if it's an elected thing. Like this gift mm-hmm. was, you know, something that had fucked up the previous ruler or it's uh, could be just a, an offensive totem or symbol to these people could be the corpse of their like prized uh familiar animals or something yeah something with the dead would be cool Mm, yeah yeah yeah. i'm kind of imagining like imagine getting a bottle of wine from someone and the previous ruler died because of poisoned wine or something like that yeah like there's there's a slight in an implication there that like had you not known how the person died like it would be like that's an offense you know like that like hope you don't die or like, you know, like that that kind of thing, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, there's something, there's something interesting there that we can kind of do it. And I agree with Daniel. I like the idea that someone else counseled this person to make Mm -hmm. this move. And that's kind of where we are right now. Maybe it's an actual corpse. (laughs) Cause we don't know how their society is or weird ass society. Right. Like the corpse of a, person or of an animal yes of like a person yes remember the dead can come back come back yeah right Uh, i feel like this is on you daniel and by you i mean (laughs) specifically your your stag folk who are into the idea of like maintaining (laughs) like corpses and stuff like that Uh uh-huh maybe okay yeah like maybe maybe because they they have a a stable of corpses i could imagine yeah finding the corpse of someone important to this other figure and yeah. presenting it like we found them you know yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we brought them back as like a, a zombie here you go yeah <laughs> yeah aren't you happy to see your loved one again <laughs> right oh right God, but, that's awful the, but the intention is not to keep them zombified but it's rather like here we yeah. gave you the corpse back so we can we can you, know, so you can lay it to rest exactly mm. exactly yeah yeah um also also okay hold on hold on here what if the person who's ascending to this position of power is perhaps the reason that this person died in the first, their, their predecessor died in the first place. So by bringing them back the corpse, the elk folk are kind of suggesting oh. that like, Hey, we know what you did. And mm-hmm. so like there's layers to it where it's he's yeah. offended like publicly, but internally he's like, worried because like when is the blackmail coming like when is the yeah. second part of this coming because it's unspoken yeah. right? exactly like, so if, exactly. if the leader was responsible for killing this person and it's not known then the right. uh, the other the gift giver doesn't know either they're presenting it but exactly. then the, the leader knows oh wow they know right yes and the yeah. person who counseled them does know so we're yes. adding like yeah. layers and layers of intrigue because the person who suggested the gift knows what happened and wants the truth to come to light, but the gift giver doesn't, but then the gift receiver does. So like, there's all sorts of like plausible deniability and layers to the subterfuge of the gift as well. And that's really fucking fun. I love that. It it could also be um, like both sides have that council that's leading them in not mm. the great direction. So like the new leader, he actually wasn't aware of this plot perhaps, but he was put into power by um, his counselors who basically want to have him as a, a puppet in power oh. as a contrast to on the stag side that they were counseled to give this gift. And they, they think it's a great idea. They're like, yeah, sure. We can totally do it. That's, that's great. And yeah. uh, in reality, it's obviously offensive and unnerving. Oh, this is fun as fuck. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so so this third party, are they a a third faction that we're that we're introducing here, or is this like within the one of the two groups that we're talking about? Um, I feel like it should be a new one because I don't 
I don't know if it fits the vibe of the otter and crow people. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. Yeah. We mean the leader, right? Like this. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the recipient. Yeah. We talked about a nation that, because we said that cities are less uh, common, right? Established places that are persistent. Because could be that fabled place, you know, mm. that's a persistent city. Um, oh, okay. The one that you can only get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it could be a journey to present this corpse to them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, so so I I think that my previous like kind of question is still a good one to bring up. And how is this manifest? Like, how is this tension manifesting? Because if we're keeping it to a city, like, what's the importance that this conflict is bringing? Is it like okay, that city is now shut off to like travel or to you know uh, like traders? Like, what's what has happened as a result of this insult and this kind of multi-layered intrigue that's going on like how is that expressing itself in the populace itself what if it's caused the city to close itself while it still has all these visiting like ambassadors and leaders in it Mm. yeah and so they can't get to now right yeah like they can't go home and there's going to be some sort of like investigation or questioning about like how the hell did this happen kind of thing maybe Uh, they're all locked in there yeah, like exactly. They close it off and the people right. are trapped in there and then they may not be yeah. able to find their way back because there's only a certain amount of time when it's right. accessible. I'm, I'm imagining this is a situation where it's like Hercules and Zeus came to visit, you know, uh, Valhalla and then like Heimdall turns off the rainbow bridge once they get there. It's like you're still mm-hmm. here with us because we have the keys to transport effectively. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Right now, there's like a hostage situation going on, and I'm imagining that this is also fucking with the ability to travel through and to this city in the meantime. Yes, exactly. Like, they've okay. completely shut down stuff. It's like Madagascar, shut down everything. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. God, that and, is an ancient meme that I still love. <laughs> it still cracks me up. Like, I am I can picture it in my head, and it still cracks me up. Uh, so, yeah, like, if it's probably, like, not just the stag leaders, but also leaders from other groups that are also trapped there. So it's like all these clans and societies are temporarily like without their leader. They might not even know what's happening. They might be like, wait, why did we just lose contact with them? Like what the fuck? I really love that. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me a very straightforward plot in terms of whoever's doing this, because if you have a bunch of leaders trapped in a enclosed space, we can't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. It makes it a lot easier to assassinate them. Yep. Essentially usurp the, the power here mm-hmm. from various countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And obviously this is a very recent conflict, right? It sounds like something that has happened. It can't be more than a couple of weeks because I imagine that war would be declared very, very quickly otherwise, you know? Yeah, I think it's like right in the current moment that this is happening. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I imagine that there's also like, okay we expected our world leaders to be gone for X number of days, like maybe mm-hmm. a fortnight, maybe like a couple of weeks or something like that. And so it's like, okay, we know to expect to have them gone for that long. So it's not a big deal until like, maybe we're approaching that or, or, you know, like only once that date has passed, does the conflict really kick it up? Cause again, mm-hmm. you're talking about like a declaration of war, like where the fuck are our leaders like, if we don't hear from them, we are going to attack you, even though your gates are closed. Like, we're going to surround your lands until it's done, or until it mm-hmm. will open up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I suppose this brings up a question. Can you forcibly open some of these, like, cordoned off areas? Or is that something that, like, like how do they control that flow? How do they cut their city off? I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think, but I, I mean, I imagine for one, it's already hard to approach because of whatever environmental concerns there are going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I bet if they were building this, they would have made it so that the one approach is well defended. Right. And narrow, you know. Okay. So so it's not a matter of it's impossible, but it's rather they've made it incredibly difficult to take those fortifications. Yeah, and I bet also like it's only that one spot is only accessible safely during this period of time when the storms are not insane. Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And um maybe they're even doing something with 
the weather like manipulating in some way so that the the weather maps don't reflect what's happening currently interesting yeah so i suppose that that then begs the question like what kind of weather do they manipulate then this this kind of cordoned off city type folk because the thing that i'm thinking of is why would all of the world leaders come and congratulate or at least visit this one it, it seems like they would have to have a relatively valuable power to have right and if that's the case i can't help but imagine that they have some kind of power over sunlight or the sun mm-hmm. in some way because a lot of other weather relies on how powerful and how like bright the sun is right i mean perhaps um the weather patterns throughout the world because we know that there are mapping systems to understand mm-hmm. them right mm-hmm. but perhaps there is some belief whether it's true or not that this city because it's persistent has some influence over those patterns and mm-hmm. so perhaps like Ooh. part of this is a festival or a ritual where when the leader is elected they determine the future weather pattern yeah. of the world yeah but I don't know if that's true or not. It might be mm-hmm. only somewhat true. You know, maybe they have some influence, like the sun is part of it. And, and that sure. Kind of thing. So, so wait, is, is this maybe not an entirely magical city or like a city that is of the archdruids, but maybe they're just a city of cartographers. Like they're incredibly important because they have all of this information, but they don't necessarily have the ability to manipulate that weather in some way. They just have the knowledge of it. Yeah. I, I like the idea that it's, um, cartographers but i also like the idea that there is some belief that's probably not true that Mm -hmm. they do have an impact like now i'm thinking of like groundhog day and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know they do something really dumb as their ritual and everybody like claps and (laughs) like hey we know what the weather is going to be like for the next 10 years or whatever something like oh yeah okay 100 percent. yeah yeah Yeah. Um, because it's like part i mean think about our own meteorologists right i'm not shitting on meteorologists here but (laughs) as as time has progressed we get better at science and the Mm -hmm. chaos theory behind the weather becomes more clear but there's a certain like um what do you call it like um profitism to this right like Mm -hmm. there's a certain uncertainty baked into it that we look at the meteorologists giving us a forecast and it should be legitimate and we rely on it and i bet it's similar Mm -hmm. in their world yeah. Yeah. We're looking at like the farmer's almanac, right? Where yes. like those yeah. things that had been like mapped out years in advance, you know, like that kind of thing. I think that's the version that we're on now in this particular mm-hmm. setting. We're not on like, well, we've got weather patterns and like, you know, forecasts and stuff like that. It's like, we've got the farmer's almanac and boys, it, it's basically a wizard's tome. Like you've got it to, to read and interpret this thing. But like, that's, I imagine what they're kind of like producing in this way. Yeah, I like that. Or it's like, yeah, like I said, some kind of ridiculous Groundhog Day style ceremony mm. or like astrology or anything could be in there. And mm. yeah, they mm. they predict, you know, the next duration of time and kind of offer their guidance to the leaders that have gathered. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe it's not they're holding them hostage, but the ca- the newly appointed leader refuses to like prognosticate the weather for the next couple of years until this issue has been resolved. Mm, so yeah. it's not a violent conflict, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm being a stubborn little baby about it. And like, that's why their leaders have to stay there. Like they have to implore this new leader, like, come on, like we really need to. So, yeah. so that way, like you take the edge off of like a very violent political situation, but you still maintain a lot of the things that make it interesting by keeping all of the leaders there. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably doing an investigation because he has probably assumed someone is out right. at him since he know he murdered you or not him, but like he know he we established he doesn't know, but the, the, there's there's he knows that there's some blackmail afoot, right? Yeah, right. and I'm sure his like counsel is mm-hmm. telling him like, oh, this should be investigated because they're right. the ones behind the the murder and stuff. The actual murder, yeah, yeah. Right. and and then there could be outward pressure because. The gates are closed, and like we say, their their leaders are locked in here. And these other nations, knowing that this door is is visible now, like they might be saying, like, well, maybe we need to march our armies up because they're putting to put pressure on them to let our leaders mm-hmm. out. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's the possibility of war, which may be mm-hmm. what the original conspirator intended. Mm-hmm. 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 And then, so there's all that tension on the outside, but then you, I'm picturing like 
switching to the inside and it's just like a bunch of kind of snooty people like being offended about random things and drinking wine and yelling mm. at each other occasionally and I feel like the atmosphere is very different depending on which side of the wall you're on. Yeah. Plus you get a bunch of like big personalities that are all very different. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's uh, like an inevitable powder keg. Plus, yeah. plus there, I think there's also the possibility that rather than like, I refuse to prognosticate, there's also like, Oh yeah, the weather's not right. Or I've got a headache or something's going on where I'm not able to prognosticate, <laughs> but what they're really doing is like buying time while their inquisitors go and like make sure that everything's, you know, kind of like on the up and up that type of thing. Yeah. 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 I like that. Like they're biding time until like the very last minute when yeah. the weather will close around the city and cut it off fully. Right. Right. And, and uh, that also what's, what's also interesting about this that we haven't talked about is that it kind of like puts a little bit of pressure on the elk as well, because like the elk folk are the one who are like the cause or the reason behind this slight and so the the other like leaders are like, come the fuck on elk people. Like, you, why did you have to do it that way? You know, like blah, 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 like that kind of thing. You know? Right. Like, don't you remember a hundred years ago when you gave a corpse to another thing? And they they really people just don't like getting corpses as gifts. Like we, <laughs> yeah. we thought we've been through this with you. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Corpses are not presents. You don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so that is a fascinating scenario. And honestly, I feel like that's where we should stop because we've created mm -hmm. some simmering tension that we can maybe come back to. Plus we've created another faction in and of itself through these cartographers. Fascinating. Love it. Fabulous. No problem. Mm -hmm. So Daniel, why don't you bring us through, what is the conflict that you've created for us in this world? Mine is very simple um, and open-ended, and it is that um, the dead have gained intention. Oh, mass intention? Or is it like, how, how does it work exactly? Um, we can do it either way. My initial thought was a particular dead is uh -huh. woken up and has free will now. Um, or it could be a group, but um, either way, I think it works. So I have I have a weird idea here. So is this intention spreading much like a zombie virus? So is it like only only among the undead that are being affected, but each time they, you know, like a corpse gets near one of these already infected undead, they become suddenly also burdened with intention and intelligence. I mean, maybe there is a singular undead that is capable of doing this to others and it's traveling. And like you're saying, it creates that effect of like awakening other undead. Yes. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool because now you have like a, like a religious pilgrimage or something like that, or like a shepherd of rot of some kind, you know, like that kind yeah. of thing. I'm picturing them. And obviously I don't want to throw everything onto the stag faction here, but I'm picturing this uh, person like riding on a skeletal stag or skeletal horse oh, yeah. or something like that, like a very mm. ominous foreboding horseman of the apocalypse kind of vibe. Uh, I was hoping for a horse there, Courtney, just because I like the imagery. But a stag also works as a harbinger because that's also a cool thing that you can ride that's spooky. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't want to throw all the blame for all bad situations onto uh, the stag down here. So it turns out that my, <laughs> that my conflict also might kind of involve oh, no. a stag a little bit as well. But we'll get to that in just a okay. bit. So, I mean, maybe that's the setting telling us that the stags could be villains, you know? Yeah, that, that's true. Kind of, kind of, yeah. But uh, let, let's answer some more questions about this shepherd that we've got this kind of like intentionality behind the dead that we've created here. What what's going on? What what is what other questions might we have about this scenario, this conflict? Um, how long has it been going on for? I think it would have to be. I, I think the public awareness of this would be very limited. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Recent. yeah, but it probably has been happening for some time because mm. I can imagine this particular dead that is writing the stag traveling for a great time, finding mm -hmm. one or two and then finding three or four. And then they're yeah. a little bigger and bigger, you know? Um, yeah. Did it, did this person start from the hole? Oh, yes, because you said that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay, honestly, those are my favorite moments where they're like, 
Uh, I didn't think that, but because you said it, yes, it is now true. Okay. I suppose my question is, so, so much like Courtney's, like, what is the direct impact that this is having upon the world? How is this conflict manifesting itself among day-to-day operations? It's got to be terror and fear, because even if this group of roving undead that is conscious doesn't have malicious intent necessarily, like... You're seeing what you used to be seeing the dead as being these things you encounter, you burn them. They don't. They, mm-hmm. You can corral them, as we learned with the the stags. They don't really pose a threat, but to see them organizing and having uh, armaments potentially and writing things and moving as one probably terrifies people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, imagine if a zombie had a gun. Like, come on, that'd be scary, right? Stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> and can talk now. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly aside has there ever been a zombie movie where the zombies have guns oh yeah that that's absolutely a thing i was making okay. fun of it's it's george romero's land of the dead i believe oh i haven't seen that one yeah okay. it, you shouldn't it's not very good mm-hmm. um it's the one with dennis hopper and he lives in like a high-rise building and stuff like that and mm-hmm. one of the one of the zombies learns how to shoot a gun and then that, <laughs> that, that that's pretty much it yeah okay um, but, but in, in all seriousness, like there is like something interesting about, you know, creating a figure that is a voice of the dead or a voice for the dead, you know, like where this is the one that speaks for the silent, right? Like that, that is kind of a, a fascinating idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I had in mind. Like, like when you said a shepherd of rot, like I think that mm-hmm. resonates because it's someone who, oh, we know, we know the dead are people who can't speak and they they are a shadow of the thing they were right left over mm-hmm. on the earth um and they're kind of imprisoned so the sense of this person being a shepherd or someone giving freedom to them is interesting yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool so are they just following this person or do they have a will of their own in some way i think i think maybe in order to make it work mechanically i think maybe the power has to come from him and say, so yeah. stray too far from him, then you fall back mm. into your old self. Uh, oh, that's that's really interesting because that yeah. creates a big target as well mm-hmm. as a big old danger zone or a perceived danger zone, right? Like, yeah. if we heard that there was a horde of zombies <laughs> coming towards us, we'd be concerned, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> if we knew nothing about the zombies, there's like, oh, mm. there's a you know, like people get like scared by like migrant caravans, let alone, yes, like, exactly. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. The Mexicans is like the worst thing possible. So. <laughs> right. Crazy. You know, I can say this because I am a Latino. So okay. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but we were going to move on anyway. I'm, I'm brown guys. So <laughs> fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean that that part is true. Like Daniel is Latino, yeah. but I'm not. I'm saying yeah. anyway. We're moving on. We're moving on from this. So, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so in a way, it's like almost like another weather pattern forming that people have to keep track of. Except it's a horde oh. of undead. Very astute observation, mm. Courtney. That's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's dope as shit, man. Oh, and. So, like, given that the hidden city is made of cartographers, are they aware of this? Are they, like, keeping an eye on it, tracking it currently? I think they're headed there because there must be some deep connection between the dead and their situation, the world below, and the storms. Mm -hmm. And I imagine this shepherd has special, maybe he is a cartographer Mm -hmm. himself, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's going to get the book of the storms or something. That's his plan. Mm. Right. I, that, that was going to be my next question, actually, is what is the intentionality? Is it are they marching towards the hole in the sea? Are they going to get something and then turning around? Like, what, what are we thinking here? I mean, my initial thought is because Courtney said, where did he come from? From the hole. I think he came from the hole. Right. So he's coming mm. out of the hole, going okay. to the city, collecting followers. Right. Um, with the intent of seizing the knowledge that's there for some reason. And I think it has to do perhaps with. I don't know, like opening up the underworld. I don't know what his intention is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's right. necessarily fundamentally evil. It's not like he's going to go there to eat everyone. Yeah. I think that he's he plans <laughs> to do something that will have deleterious effects on the living. But uh-huh. his his larger vision 
is bigger than that, you know? Right. And that's why it's terrifying. Maybe he wants to, like, merge the two worlds together. Ooh. That's mm. something cool. I like that. Maybe he wants to wake everyone up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we've got um, a Linkin Park villain. Oh, no, I'm sorry. An Evanescence villain um, who wants to wake yes. everyone up inside. Uh, yeah. but I, I do have a question, though, Daniel. Um, so, like, if they're from the hole, right, the maelstrom in the middle of the sea that's slowly growing day by day, what demarcates them as being from the maelstrom, as being from the hole? I have to imagine that, like, you would be able to pick out the shepherd through some kind of like, you know, like maybe they have like a fragment of a, a growing kind of maelstrom or something that's a simulacra of the, the maelstrom in their chest or something like that. But Ooh, I like what, that. yeah, like, is, is that what demarcates them as being from the maelstrom or like what yeah, is it? Like a hole in them. That's something. Yeah. Maybe like when they, when they find their um people to wake up, they like touch them and it opens a hole in their chest that swirls and stuff. Ooh, 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 oh, okay, yeah, that's that's or in their forehead terrifying. or something weird. Yeah, know. like a third eye kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So if if we do, <laughs> so if, uh, if we do have the hole in the head, then we can have a Nine Inch Nails song in there as well <laughs> with head like yes. a hole. So I mean, like we can we can go all the genres there. That's no problem. Um, but yeah, I, I also like that idea because it also. I imagine that it also kind of obfuscates or obscures their identity in some way as well. So it's like, imagine that the hole is taking up from their upper, you know, like their upper jaw upward. It's, it's like replaced with a giant hole. It kind of like removes identity by removing the eyes and the face in some way, which is an interesting kind of concept that we can run with as well. And it's very uh, Junji Ito. A little bit, yes, a, a little Junji Ito, but like a swirling energy vortex instead of just like meat and and uh, uzumaki, you know. And you can play with it aesthetically too. Like if you wanted them them to be easier to blend in, um, potentially, you could have this hole become um, visible under certain conditions, right? Oh so yeah. Ooh. That way you can have them infiltrate potentially or walk among the living. Um, and it's only noticeable when they're in a huge herd together, you know. Or or it could be like we were talking about last time, where it's like it's only visible on the spirit realm or something like that, you know. So like only people who are able to see into uh, both realms would be able to see, like, oh no, that's really terrifying because they see this like horde of undead with like swirling energy vortexes in their heads right like that kind of thing like that's pretty cool to think about like you know like oh yeah it's scary enough to see them as a horde of undead and then you look at them through spirit realm eyes and you're like oh that's even more <laughs> that's way scarier now you know like that kind of thing put on the sunglasses and see their true form yes yeah exactly 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 yeah, yeah. damn yeah. we're getting so many we're getting so referential this episode i love it I wonder if the uh, like the spirit sight thing is maybe it's something, um, something from like the stag clan because they have that connection with the undead. So it's like looking through a very like maybe just a very very thin, uh, shit. What's it called? The thin leather, uh, not parchment. Veil. Oh, oh. perhaps a veil. <laughs> I but mean, it's in the name, Courtney. <laughs> like, that's true. You know, like some kind of a veil, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe 1,000 of them, for example. Yeah. Vellum, I think, is what I was thinking of. Oh, the like leather okay. apartment type stuff? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Something that's like that. But yeah, yeah, maybe it is literally a, a veil that you can mm. wear and it gives you the sight. And and to be fair to the elk folk, right? Like if they're dealing with death, then they're probably going to like wear funeral veils or something like that. I think mm -hmm. that might be appropriate, but who knows, you know, like, yeah, you know, because I mean, I did, and I'm, I'm not intentionally bringing them up, but the other faction that I was planning on bringing is like the night Lord, which are all like bats of some kind. And mm -hmm. I can also imagine them being able to see without their eyes, because again, I'm taking totems from bats, you know, that makes sense to me as well. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that not everything is connected to the Elks, you know what I mean? Mm. 
because boy, Daniel, you created a real banger of a faction there, but <laughs> we, we got to spread the love just a little bit. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could, I feel like you could swap them out too. Like if you're just fiddling oh, yeah. stuff, like especially in the first one, you could potentially pick any faction to be the, mm. the one who started it. They basically mm. just reverse mm. your reasons to make it work, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, what do we have any other questions about Daniel's faction? Because I feel like that's real cut and dry, but really awesome and easy to kind of plug in. I think we're good. Yeah, I think it. I think it's really cool. <laughs> All right, cool. We can move on. We've got the final conflict, which is mine. So <clears throat> let's see. Mine is unsurprisingly perhaps a little involved, but. I've also tried to keep it as simple as possible as I wanted to make it. But very simply put, there is a bunch of refugees or immigrants coming from the north that are being forced into the southern lands due to an unrelenting and surprisingly unseasonal winter. So there is a nonstop, never-ending winter that has struck their lands that has caused them to start coming down from the north in droves. Uh, What's interesting about this is a couple of things. First of all, uh, I was thinking about like, well, we have, you know, rains that affect magic, right? Like rains that resurrect the dead. And what is snow if not frozen rain? So I'm like, okay, there's got to be some really cool magical stuff that can happen that that the snow is doing to the energy as well. Hmm. I'm leaving that kind of door open because I didn't have any interesting ideas. But One thing that I did want to do is the stories that are coming from the North blame some kind of figure for the endless snowstorms, for the endless blizzards. Some of them blame a stag headed creature while others blame a giant bear and others still blame a giant snow owl that are, you know, the reason for these snowstorms. But either way, it seems that winter's presence has been personified and it's creating intense strife for the people of the North. So to make sure I understand the migration pattern, like the direction of the snow is moving people from where to where. So they're coming from the North to the South. To the, oh, so they're trying to get out of there basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a disaster exactly. zone. Okay. Yeah, right. And like the okay. inability to like harvest food is a death sentence. So it's like mm-hmm. we've got to get out of here if we want to survive. Is it spreading? Like is it getting larger? So so that's mm-hmm. actually something I was kind of curious to talk about is like I think it'd be interesting to see if some of those snowstorms, those unseasonal snowstorms start drifting down and maybe they're not like blizzards at first, but like, mm-hmm. why is it snowing when it's, it's not even fr- like, like the snow is actually sticking to the warm summer ground. Like what's going right. on there? Like there's something interesting that shouldn't be. So mm-hmm. I did have that in mind a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of funny because the other um, conflict that I had been toying with was something about like a, a failure of a crop harvest has led to sort of trickle down effects with, uh, like healing medicines or something like that. So I do feel like this would have a lot of uh, issues, a lot of implications stemming from it. Implications, you say, Yes, Courtney. yes, so many implications. Um, oh, my. Which is like not just the the people moving, but everything about their culture and mm-hmm. what sorts of things and practices they're bringing with them. And, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, like, yeah, anything that they were responsible for growing or hunting or what have you up in the north that's yeah. now lost hmm. in terms of the um suspected cause it, is there an underlying truth or is it more like people are speculating um what type of creature this might be or thing so for example like in our in our first one we had like the apparent truth and then the secret truth like there's actually a conspirator mm. is there like a second level going on that we're not aware of I was also leaving that up to interpretation. I just liked the idea that there were like multiple conflicting rumors about the source of this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and also I was like, there's also potentiality for it being some kind of an arch villain as well, where it's like a literal mm-hmm. manifestation of winter has come by and it just so happens to be like a shapeshifter or something like that. But again, I'm leaving that. I, I was leaving that deliberately open because I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what you guys bring to it as well. Um, yeah. yeah. The, 
The reason why I ask is because I think it would be interesting if the rumors of cre- of a monster, essentially a stag-headed creature, for example, are being spread deliberately because mm-hmm. something else yeah, could yeah. work, you know, behind the story. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like if groups are taking advantage of this to spread rumors and like further blame the stag clan, the elk clan mm-hmm. for everything. Um, but this could just be like a completely unrelated issue up in the north where maybe something was unearthed that's causing Mm. this um and yeah i also imagine that the cartographers in the sort of disappearing city are also using this to their advantage as like a way to like delay their uh declaration of the Mm. next decade or whatever's weather and i would also imagine that the leader of the north is also using this as like a platform to be like, listen, it's really bad. We need your help. You know, so there's there's multiple kind of political maneuverings that are happening mm-hmm. at this kind of summit as well. So if if um, the storms are in some way a tool, what are possible aims that could be achieved by disrupting your own landscape, driving people further away from it, and potentially like hurting the people living there? If, if this is a scheme, I'm wondering what are what are the potential uh, benefits of doing this for whoever's scheming? An excellent question. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm imagining that this is also like the work of a faction, if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But I'm, I'm also thinking like my, my very original idea was that this is actually a living familiar that has gone like mad with either uh, like starvation or something. So it's basically like a Tarasque level threat that is bringing a walking blizzard with it wherever it goes. But I think that that's a little bit too simple for me. Uh, so I, I, to answer your question, I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wonder, I like the idea Cordy said unearthing something. I wonder if perhaps, because um, we never really established truly the technology level of their world. Only we have established that like they operate at a certain level. Like for example, mm-hmm. you said Farmer's Almanac, they're not real meteorologists. But I wonder if like perhaps they unearthed some older thing yeah. that um, it has influence over the weather in a way that's mm-hmm. unpredictable. And now this action has control over it. I was thinking similar, except it might not even be in control of the weather, but it's just like some very powerful thing that this faction is creating these storms to like push people away from so they can kind of keep it for themselves. Or alternatively on like the flip side, it could be a, um, an effort to save those people by forcing them to migrate because there's been this great danger on earth. Is it a new hole maker? That's what, yeah, maybe the beginning signs of a new hole. Mm-hmm. It's what I, uh, it's what they used to call me in my Tinder days, Daniel. We know, we know the the druids sacrificed themselves to stop a hole from mm-hmm. growing larger, right? right to right. separate the world. So I could imagine oh, if this fuck, is yeah. on Earth, like, and it's opening one, whether intentional or not. It, it could be a mixture of like, let's get these people out of here, or also mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Or it could be disguised what we're doing so that the yeah. world's people can't stop us, you know? Yeah, no, I love that idea. I'm now picturing this cinematically where, like, you see, like, two druids or two people who are, like, from a particular clan. And, like, you've got to see this. Like, there's a third one who's, like, urging mm-hmm. them forward. And then you crest a mountain and you look down into this valley and there's a new maelstrom. And they're yeah. like, oh, fuck. And it's all snow coming out and stuff. Yeah, it's like now it's spreading and it's like, oh, God, this is even. Oh, actually. ooh, not again. That, no. Yeah. No. The fact that there is a maelstrom that is spitting out the snow. I, I had not considered that, but that's really yeah. interesting. Actually, it's vomiting. Maybe the other one's like a whole things go into it. This one's vomiting shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got white hole, black hole type stuff going on. Exactly. Here. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scientific term. <laughs> Scientifically. <laughs> there could be some relationship between the two mm-hmm. as well. Magical. Yeah, like there's an entry point and exit point, basically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because we, if if the hole is like in the ocean and it's sucking water in, maybe through the process of going through the maelstrom, it's freezing it and coming out the other end. Yeah. like Ice or it's, snow. It's sort of funny because you keep referring to the hole is like in the ocean and bringing in water, but I'm picturing it more as like a 
a crater that's sort of raised. Maybe it's still in the middle of the ocean, but like it itself is not draining water or filled with water. It's just sort of this like enormous hole thing. Well, the reason I'm imagining that is because if it's a hole that is in the like cracking reality open, Mm -hmm. right? then eventually it's going to subsume land, right? It's going to spread to the point where the land falls in. So eventually you're going to get to a point where it's like, there's just water, right? So like water is like trickling into this thing or, or like, you know, coming in, in like waterfalls effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Like if the thing is large enough, right? Like it could crack, it could be like eye shaped almost where it's like parts of it cut into the ocean and mm-hmm. um, or not in the ocean, but cut cut further like into the into the waters, mm-hmm. and then it's mm-hmm. like you've got these waterfall rivers at the um, edges of the islet, and then the middle is raised up like a volcano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should be wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, Very. Yeah. Also wondering if like the the presence of this uh, undead shepherd figure is related to that. Like, is that? actually where he's headed and maybe just that city happens to be in the path of it and so that's why Mm. they think it's heading there or like is he trying to close it is he trying to open it further well we we know that we said earlier that the shepherd came from the maelstrom came from the hole but we didn't say which one because now we've got two so do they come from the wintry one and now they're coming down south to the to the oceanic one like what are we what are we thinking here? Because that now we have options. I, I still prefer that it came from the the first one and is heading mm-hmm. to the second. Um, I just feel like it's less maybe less expected and kind of less like Game of Thronesy. Uh, winter is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, Daniel that's great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have no objections when I'm fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is this is all coming together now. Um because yeah, this okay, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I'm I'm, I'm digging this now. This is dope. I, I suppose my next question becomes where do we go from here? It would be interesting to I mean not that we have time now, but like to see if these conflicts have a through line, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also wondering should we roll a twist? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, true. we normally yeah. spend four episodes on the extended one. Mm-hmm. So I think that now is the perfect time to roll our newly refreshed twist list. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've got new twists from both Diplo and Kaiser. So if you're a patron and want to suggest a twist, guess what? Now is your time to do it or really any any time. So, yeah, let's go ahead and roll some dice and figure out what the twist is in this world. And our twist for this world is, uh, let's see. <laughs> okay, uh, Courtney, this is your fault. It says Killian Murphy is oh. our twist for this episode. So, <laughs> um, well, now I can't help but think that the shepherd looks like Killian Murphy. And, so does all of the leaders. They all look like Killian Murphy now. So all played by Killian Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got an entire series made, but made of Killian Murphys. So um, again, I love, I actually love this twist because it allows <laughs> us to be interpretive with what a Killian Murphy is. Uh, <laughs> so, so for next time, we're going to come with our reconciliation of the twist. and. What else do we need besides that? Or is Killian Murphy enough to carry us through? <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. I feel like that's enough. And then, yeah, we can try to come up with some quests and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. How about this? How about this? We come with the reconciliation and a question that has not been answered about the world that you'd like to have answered. How about that? Sure. Cool. Okay. So with that being rolled, with that twist on the horizon again thank you to courtney for killian murphy it is time that we close out this episode so remember that if you want us to build your world you can always go to our website worldbuildwithus.com where you can click the link follow some instructions and within a reasonable amount of time we'll be building 
your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on YouTube where you can click the YouTube buttons to make them happy. If you're listening to this on YouTube right now, go ahead and scroll down and leave a comment telling us what your favorite Killian Murphy movie is. Or if you want to follow us on social media, otherwise you can go to our Twitter at Let's World Build. Of course, if you want to talk to us more directly, you can always go to our Discord and chat with us about anything at all. Oh, adding twists, for example, that'd be a great place to do that. Or if you want to support us more directly, or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon where you'll get access to sweet, sweet patron-only goodies like two episodes per prompt or access to Too Hot for Broadcast or our patron-only Discord known as the Aphid Lounge. And we've also got the Aphid Lounge itself, which is a monthly-ish podcast for patrons only. And with all of that done, that's going to do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together. Until next week. 